Hi everyone, this is Jessica Chen and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth, it's possible and I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Today's episode is all about leadership in a global world. And my guest is Patrick Mullane, and he is the executive director of Harvard Business School's online and executive education program. And we are going to be talking about the most important skills you need as a leader to navigate working in our hyper-connected world. We're also going to be sharing strategies on how to navigate leading people from different countries, how to elevate your executive presence virtually, and what it really takes to engage and motivate your team. We have so many golden nuggets that we are excited to share with you. So let's get into it. So Patrick, welcome to our Soulcast Media Live event. Hey, Jessica. Thanks for having me. I feel a lot of pressure on my communication skills here, given, uh, given your own introduction. You are going to be fantastic. So I'm very excited for you to join. I did a really, really brief introduction of who you are, the work that you do. I didn't mention that you're also an author too, but for our audience who's meeting you and seeing you for the first time, give us a quick intro of who you are, the work that you do. Sure. So Patrick Mullane, I, as you noted, am the executive director of HPS Online and Executive Education, which uh, the best way to think about it is all of the non-degree things we do at Harvard Business School fall under my purview. So there's the MBA program and there's non-degree programs uh, that uh, many are probably familiar with that are offered by schools like us and, and other institutions around the world. I've been at Harvard Business School for about uh, seven years, uh, and before that, I was in the private sector uh, doing various jobs. I'd been an entrepreneur. I'd run a manufacturing company. I'd been a consultant. It seemed like I did a lot. And, uh, and then before that, I was in the military myself um, right out of college. Um, and I came back to HBS because I got my own MBA at Harvard Business School uh, back in 1999. So I always had a thought that after doing some private sector work, maybe it'd be interesting to come back. And uh, so here I am, and it's been a wonderful experience. So I'm really thrilled to jump into our conversation as well as I'm sure our audience is very eager. We have over 45 people who are live with us right now who I'm sure have so many thoughts on, okay, leadership in the global world. So to back up a little bit, Patrick, so for those who are wondering, so Patrick and I, before Patrick, when you and I were behind the scenes, you mentioned that you've had to always restart. And let me define this for folks who are hearing this. So you are a military brat, meaning you grew up in a military family. And as a result of that, you've had to move around a lot from city to city and essentially restart and start over every single time, meaning probably have to make new friends, you know, rebuild who you are within that community. Tell me, how did you approach introducing yourself, getting to know people, building relationships with new people every few years? Because I feel like for a lot of people, that can be really stressful too. Yeah, it's a very interesting question. It's it's funny. There was kind of an A-B test in my family, if you will, because I have a twin sister. And so uh, what I'll say is that we're very different. So what worked for me didn't work for her. She did not like moving around. She didn't enjoy those new experiences. She was kind of a homebody, whereas I uh, tended to see those things as adventures. And in fact, I got a little bored if we stayed in one place too long. 
when we went to a new place, one thing that did help me out, to be frank, is that often there would be other military kids who were in the same boat. So that's always helpful to, to make those connections, but not always. And I think that uh, part of it was I had parents who just encouraged us to kind of be out there and in all ways, you know, make sure you try it out for sports teams, be, be involved in school activities and so forth. And if you do those things, if you make yourself present in, in the presence of others who are engaging in activities you might also like, it's really hard to not end up um, making a connection in some way. So I think that really, uh, really helped me. And it really uh, solidified uh, in me this, this ability to connect with other people, uh, no matter the circumstances, very early in my life. Um, you know, most of my moving, I moved, lived in, I think, eight places before I was 10 years old or something like that, a ridiculous amount of moving. And then, and then in high school, I got to stay in one place. And I think that that, um, that or those early years really formed me in some way that's very unusual for, for a kid and was very helpful to me in my, in my life ever since then. I have no doubt that a lot of the things that you learn as a child of learning how to adapt, be flexible, it's also really relevant to today's topic, which is leadership in a global world. So I want to just start with that. What does today's title mean for you too? leadership in a global world? And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with your upbringing and your influences as well. But let me know, what is it? What does it mean to you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, I actually have given that some thought when we talked about what the title of this would be. And I, I think that uh, this is going to sound very cliche and very simple, but I believe it to be true after being a general manager my entire life is that it doesn't matter the culture, the country, the context, is that people are people. <laughs> that the same issues, problems, uh, successes you have with one group uh, are going to be uh, very, very similar, if not identical, to those you'll have with another group. We all have ambitions, dreams, jealousies, pettiness, uh, get frustrated about you know certain things. And, and so I found that uh, early on, I thought that that was an outlier thing. Like, you know, you work with a, I, I, my first general management job was in the military myself, where I was managing a team of, of uh, contractors of about 20 or 30 people. And, um, and early on, you know, you don't know enough to know that everything you experience in an environment like that, um, both the good and the bad, is just going to be the same in every job you'll have after that, but just in a different context. Um, you know, I often make the comment that when I applied, uh, found out about this job at Harvard Business School and wanted to come back to it, it was for the online job specifically to start. Um, the, the, the requirements in the job description, I didn't fit a, a single one of them. But I did know that in the end, it was a leadership job. And if you can lead an organization that makes auto parts, you know, I really truly believe you can lead an organization that designs web pages uh, because all the problems are the same and they all start with people and to get the people right, everything else is easy. So I went a bit on a tangent there, but that's my answer to that question about the, about the global uh, aspect to this discussion is that people are people. I absolutely love that. And I cannot agree with you more. And it's funny because I'm in the process of actually writing a whole new communications course. And this one's actually teaching folks how to manage a global team. And as I'm literally knee deep in writing this content right now. And it's funny because everything that you're saying is exactly what I'm also talking about in this course. Yes, of course, there are different cultural nuances that we, we should be mindful of that's unique to every country. But you said it, Patrick. I think it's just simply understanding human nature and just, and that is something we can all learn, right? You, there's yeah. tons of books out there where 
people have written about how do people think, how do people behave, how do they react? And I truly agree with you. Just having that foundational understanding of human nature, it almost can give you, you're kind of halfway there in learning how to deal with people. Yeah, I think you're even you further. I think you're further along, but yes, I mean it's a it's a huge part of it, no doubt about it. I was trying to be conservative. I'm like, yeah, you're already 50 percent there, but you're probably like you're you're 95 percent there. Yeah, really. I think that's probably true. <laughs> right. So it's crazy though. Okay, so I really have to ask you this question because when you said this, I was like, I need to ask him about this. Because you said when you first applied for this job at Harvard Business School, you're looking at the job description, which many people look at job description, they're like, holy moly. I don't have any experience doing this. A lot of people would simply be like, mm, I probably won't get the job, but you still had that, you know what? I'm gonna apply because I do have leadership abilities. So let me just, you know, do it. Can you walk me through what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, actually, uh, this one I can draw a direct line back to my childhood is my parents were very, I mentioned earlier, very uh, big about getting us to, to take initiative and get involved in things. and. Um, you know, there was this uh, many things you get involved in in your school days often, especially with athletics, there will be a tryout. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it's easy to self-doubt and say, well, I'll never make it. Um, you know, I don't have what it takes. Um, and uh, I was into basketball all the time. And I remember my father and mother saying, hey, you know, stop commiserating about this and go try out and see what happens. Um, now, here's the kicker. This isn't a Hollywood uh, happy ending. I, I didn't make the team. I got cut. So uh, but but even that lesson was I realized that I had overestimated my own skills relative to the other people who were trying out. And that then I rededicated myself over the next uh, you know year, actually exactly a year. And the next year I went to the tryout for the team. And I'll, I'll never forget this. The coach called me forward after the first day of tryouts. There were usually two cuts. There was a cut after the first day and a cut after the second day. Um, by cut, I mean, for those who aren't familiar with the term, you know, people being removed from the mix that just aren't going to be on the team. And uh, and he pulled me forward and said, hey, I want to tell everybody that Patrick here is going to make the team this year, which was shocking to me because, you know, I thought we still had one more day to go. or Everybody else did, but apparently I didn't. And he made he, he said, look, last year he, he wasn't ready. And I know he was in here practicing hard and and he's shown that he's gotten better. And this is what can happen if you get cut. So don't be discouraged. So that is that is uh, really, really stuck with me. And that that lesson about, you know, trying even when you don't think you have it, I think is very important. Now, I also, um, you know, I also knew that in the case of Harvard Business School, Harvard Business School teaches leadership. Um, and so and, and understands the importance of, uh, of the, the leader having experience in doing that piece well, because if you can do the leadership piece well, as I alluded to earlier, you can learn the, the product. And so to their credit, I think they looked past the fact that I didn't have, you know, 10 years of digital marketing experience and said, mm -hmm. oh, well, um, he knows the school because he went here. He's been a leader since he graduated from undergraduate school. Let's take a chance. And so here I am. I can't even imagine what that interview process must have been like because you probably wowed them so much that they're like, you know what, you just really like Patrick. And we just I don't know about that. I'll, I'll tell you this. It was about 20 interviews. We don't do them short here. That was for sure. You're like, at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think that's such a powerful story, though, because it kind of just shows that, and you just said it, it, it was linked to your childhood of, of like, you know, sometimes you just got to try, you have to make a convincing case out of it. And you're right, even though your skills on paper did not necessarily match this role, you were able to make other arguments that essentially yeah. help sell yourself as, as a candidate, right, at the time. Yeah. 
And by the way, I think that's that gets easier as you get more experience. It's, it's I don't want to candy coat it either. It's harder when you're younger because you don't have the breadth of experience. Right. But uh, for those who might be on the younger uh, end of the spectrum who, who are tuning in, um, you know, be conscious of that while you're learning, because uh, having a broad base of experiences can set you up for really cool opportunities later in life. Broad set of experiences. I I want to echo that because I think sometimes a lot of us, when we're on our day-to-day working, right, we can get so siloed in doing just what we have to do, checking off that to-do list. But I always encourage folks to think about how can you expand your experience, expand your knowledge, expand your network, because honestly, the more things you can do, the more interesting of a person you yeah. are as well. I'd and like to think so. <laughs> for sure. Because, yeah, Patrick, I mean, you're an author, too. And I know we've connected on that level, too, because I'm in the process of writing a book. But I always encourage folks. And actually, uh, a few months ago, I had one of my friends come on who is he actually long is the chairman of Citibank in the Asia region. And he said the exact same thing. He not only is he, of course, in the finance sector in a high leadership role, but he loves racing cars. He loves, you know, eating like he has a whole, honestly, a whole bucket of things that interest him. And he always says, anytime he's talking to people, he can always pinpoint, oh, you like that? I, ha- I know something about yeah. that, right? Otherwise, if all you do is just focus on like that one thing, it will be harder to build relationships with people because if you if they haven't seen that one movie that you've seen, mm, it's going to be kind of hard to converse with them, right? It's funny you said that. I've never heard anybody say that before other than myself, but I agree so much. I it's, a, it's kind of a joke in my family. Whenever I meet somebody, it's rare I can't connect with them in some way about where they're from. Not necessarily because I've been there, but because I might know something about the history of the place or I you know had a friend of a friend who lived there or... You know, I worked on a on a project where um, you know the, the product was going to be sold in that in that region or country. So I couldn't agree more. That's really really helpful in uh, in growing your network. And when you grow your network, you, you grow yourself and you grow your business opportunities for sure. In my I, so in the book that I'm writing right now, I talk about this and I call these points of significance. And as people, and when we're communicating with other people, it's so critical to be an active listener, right? And I think you can probably agree with this, but it's when you're conversing with somebody, and this is for those who are watching and trying to find some communication tips, this is a communications tip. It's when you are engaging with somebody, being mindful and picking up cues of, oh, they mentioned that, or they mentioned this. Let me add on to something. Actually, one of my clients that I was working with, she's She's a CFO of a large company up in the Bay Area, and I've been working with her on her communications. And and she always and she admitted it. She had trouble connecting with people. But I told her, you know, it's sometimes as simple as saying, oh, the color of your shirt, that's the color of my alma mater. Right. And just kind of using that something as simple as that to start a conversation. Yeah, it can go a long way. No doubt. Yeah, I think. uh, And also 